What's happening, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Hope you're having a great day. Hope you're kicking ass. Hope life is treating you well. Uh, if not, sorry to hear that. Send me a message. We'll talk about it. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you off the cliff. Welcome to Daily Drives. This is my uh, one of my favorite things to do when I have a few extra spare minutes of time. Um, kind of storytelling today. I want to storytelling today. That's what we're doing. Storytelling. Um, as always, I'm your host, Jason Cremines. You can find me all over social media. Link up with me. Let's chat. Let's uh, share some stupid cat videos or whatever you guys like to do. Anyway, so um, I got a really neat story that I want to tell you. And at the end of the story, there's kind of like a whole point to the whole thing. But So I was talking to my wife, Nikki, yesterday. And we were remembering our days, you know, 15, 20 years ago when we would go to concerts and things like that. Now keep in mind, we didn't really know each other that well 15, 20 years ago, so it's not like we were going together. So I was, I was sharing an experience with her, um, and I thought it was kind of a neat uh, topic of conversation, so I wanted to share that with you. Um, as many of you know, um, I've been in the music scene in my life as far as, you know, being a performing artist, recording artist, um, did that for several years. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> some of the best times in my life, some of the best memories, and honestly, <laughs> some things I don't remember um, because I drank a lot. And when I say a lot, for those of you who don't know me, talk to the people that do. They'll be like, "Yeah, I don't think I ever saw Jason without a Miller Light in his hand," you know. That was just me, uh, social, social drinker, if you will. Really, more of a social alcoholic, I guess you could say. But anyway, so um, love music. I've always loved music since I was just a little kid, and love concerts, love going to uh, shows and and experiencing the whole thing, you know. Um, it was always nice being in a band because I got to see other bands perform all the time. Um, but before I was ever in bands, I loved going to concerts, right? One of the first concerts I ever went to was Lollapalooza in 1996, one of the first uh, big concerts I ever saw. That year they had uh, Metallica headlining, Soundgarden was right before them, tons of other great bands that were on the bill for that weekend. and. Uh, the reason I actually saw that show is because I was, I was uh, like a hired hand to come and help build the stages. It was at uh, Buckeye Lake, for those of you who know Legend Valley. Um, there used to be a million concerts out there all the time. They don't do as much anymore. But anyway, so that was my first real uh, mosh pitting concert experience, right? <laughs> I was pretty much hooked at that point. Loved it. Um, even though I was supposed to be working, I was, you know, watching Metallica perform because <laughs> at the time it was one of my favorite bands, and uh, you know, I was, they they just came out with the Load album, which sucked. And uh, but anyway, so back to my story. Um, in those days of going to concerts, my good friend Bobby Smith, some of you know him. For those of you who, uh, you know, went to school with us at Athens, you know, you know Bobby Smith. You know that he and I. Uh, we're pretty much inseparable. We were, we were best friends along with Kevin Strait, who's now in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, well, actually, I think he's in Jersey now. Anyway, so um, 
we went to an Ozfest. Yeah, that's what it was. It was an Ozfest. We went to Ozfest. Uh, it was a huge concert, of course. Uh, at the time, it was, I don't know if it was Jermaine or if it was Polaris, um, because it was Polaris before it was Jermaine, and Jermaine bought the rights to it, put their name on the building, so then it was Jermaine Amphitheater. But uh, I think at the time, it was Polaris Amphitheater. It was one of the later Ozfests, uh, the last one that I ever went to. And I want to say it was probably 99, 2000, 2001. Uh, it might have even been 2002. I don't remember it. I do remember the car that Bobby was driving at the time, uh, an old piece of crap. <laughs> uh, and that, that's kind of part of the story. So anyway, we pay the money. We go to this, this concert, you know. And back in those days, I was a little less responsible than I am now that I'm, you know, 40. So um, we're getting drunk. You know, we're smashing the beers left and right. And and watching all these bands play and having a great time. And um, I'm walking around, you know, checking out the side stage and, and seeing who's playing over there. That's where I found Flyleaf, actually. Um, and, you know, while you're walking around, you, you have these people that will sometimes kind of walk by you and just mumble, but loud enough for you to hear uh, something like this, Mushrooms and Hash. All right, so for those of you who don't know, uh, both of those things are illegal. <laughs> so uh, the people that were wanting to sell those inside the venue had to be very careful because they didn't want to you know, get arrested. So they would just kind of like mumble that under their breath. And then when they got somebody that kind of looked over at them like, hey, wait, what, what do you got? Like myself. <laughs> then they're like, oh, okay, here, come here, follow me. And you just kind of walk around a little bit and just chat, you know, so it doesn't look very, uh, you know, conspicuous. And uh, I'm like, hey, what, how much you got, you know, in mushrooms? I don't remember how much it was. And I was like, well, how about, how about the hash? How much you got there? And I only, I only had like, I don't know, 20 or $30 left. So um, I bought a little bit of hash from this guy. We had a bowl with this, so we were uh, smoking hash on the lawn at Jermaine Amphitheater and drinking beers and smoking joints with random strangers, right? That's kind of what you do at concerts. You get smashed. <laughs> at least that's what we did back in those days. And I'm absolutely hammered. Um, it, Ozzy hasn't even come on yet. There's, there's several bands. It's a, it's an all day event. And, um, the, uh, I don't even remember what band was on stage at the time, but there was a massive, you know, mosh pit that erupted. And during that people were digging up sod from the lawn and throwing it around in the air, right? Uh, which was pretty common at Polaris Amphitheater. It's something that they did on a regular basis at rock concerts is tear up the freaking grass, right? So um, out, of, uh, out of the air comes this big piece of sod flying my, my direction, and, and I, uh, I catch it in the middle of the air, right? I catch it. I don't know how I had that kind of coordination at the time. I was smashed. Um, and then I just threw it back, you know? I just threw it back from where it came, thinking, you know, no big deal. It, it got thrown at me, so I'll just throw it back. Well... <laughs> The second I threw that thing, I had a security guard grab me. I'm like, fuck, right? And the security guard's like, you can't throw sod. I'm like, sorry, man, I won't do it again. He's like, no, we're kicking you out. I'm like, oh, man. You know, and I'm a pretty personable guy. And when I'm drunk, 
Uh, I'm even more personable. Like some people get really angry and agitated and looking for a fight when they're drunk. Me, I'm looking for somebody to hug. You know what I mean? That's just how I always was. That's how I always have been when it comes to, you know, when I'm, I'm drinking a little bit. I'm a little bit more... Um, <laughs> a little bit more friendly than even when I'm sober. And I'm pretty damn friendly when I'm sober. So that just kind of goes to show you. So I'm talking to this security guard uh, along with the six or seven other people that they had snatched out of the crowd to, to kick out of the venue. And he's like, yeah, man, you're cool. You're cool. He's like, uh, all these other people are being assholes. You're being really respectful and, and you're cool. I'll talk to my boss about you. We'll make sure that you don't get kicked out. Right. So they're walking us through this hallway. Right. And we're standing outside of the gate. And I don't realize that I'm outside the gate. I, I, I think I'm in some little other area, right? And I'm standing there with these other, you know, six, seven people. And I'm looking around. I'm just waiting. And these people start walking off to the parking lot, going to their cars and stuff. And I realize I'm outside the gate. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where's this guy? So I wait like probably another five minutes or so. I don't know. Time wasn't really, uh, you know, it was ticking away and I had no idea like any concept of time because again, smoking hash and weed and <laughs> uh, cigarettes and, and drinking beer, I wasn't really uh, thinking properly. But after a few minutes, I realized that this dude's not coming back to, to, to take me back into the venue. I'm like, well, fuck, man. <laughs> Paid all this money and having a good time and I get kicked out for something stupid. Just totally like stupid. Something that like 150 or 250 or 550 other people were doing. I just happened to be one of those very few people that got caught, right? So, <laughs> you know, breaking the rules, I guess, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, okay, no big deal. I guess I'll just listen to the concert out here. So I start walking around, you know, uh, walking through the parking lot, which was really a, a big field of grass where there was all these cars, thousands of cars, right? So I'm looking around and I'm having a hard time trying to find the car. And I finally find the car and I unlock it and I get in and I sit down. And I'm like, this is fucking boring. So I get out of the car. I guess I didn't lock it. Kept the keys in my pocket, right? Um, so... <laughs> So I get out of the car and I start wandering around the parking lot area, you know, and uh, I walk closer to the venue so I can hear the music. I think Ozzy was probably on by now. And I run across these people sitting in the back of a pickup truck like, hey, man. I'm like, what's up? Did you get kicked out, man? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, throwing saw. He's like, you want to sit in the back of our truck and listen to Ozzy here in the parking lot with us? And I was like, you know what? Why not? Right? I was like, you got any beer? He's like, nope. I got some acid, though. All right, cool. So he gives me these two paper hits of acid. And, uh, and I, I put those down, right? <laughs> so now I'm drunk, I'm high, and I'm tripping on acid, right? In the parking lot of a uh, venue where I was trying to watch a show and got kicked out. <laughs> so somehow I ended up wandering around again and uh, I, I guess I got really tired. Maybe the beer caught up to me or the lack of alcohol at that point caught up to me and I, I got really tired. So the acid wasn't very good. Otherwise, I'd have been wide awake, but um, it wasn't a very good trip. It was pretty boring actually. Uh, so I don't think they, what they gave me was very good acid. But anyway, so I'm tired. So I sit down 
next to uh, a trash can and kind of like lean on the trash can, right? Um, and for some reason, I had the keys to Bobby's car in my hand while I was doing this. Now you're gonna find this funny. So I'm leaning against this trash can, right? And, and the next thing I know, I, I fall asleep, pass out, whatever you wanna call it, right? Um, I fall asleep and uh, I, I wake up some time later and I'm very disoriented, like completely um, not sure what the fuck I'm doing, where I'm at, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I realized where I was after a couple of minutes and I'm like, okay, I was looking for the car. Let me go find the car. Because Bobby didn't get kicked out and the other people that we were with, I guess there was, no, it's just me and Bobby. So Bobby didn't get kicked out, only I did. So he's still in there watching the show. So when he gets, when this gets done, he's going to be coming looking for me. I better be in the car. So I went and I, I wandered around aimlessly, it feels like, for what felt like an eternity. And I finally find the car. I hop in. Uh, it was unlocked, and um, I, I, uh, I sat down in the passenger seat, and I, I think I fell asleep again, <laughs> right? So I finally find the car, and I, I, I sit down, and I'm, I'm, back, I'm back asleep again. Um, and then next thing I know, I'm waking up to uh, Bobby <laughs> yelling at me, like, hey, hey, we got to go, man. Where are the keys? I'm like, oh, they're around here somewhere, man. They, they got to be on the seat or something, you know. We're, we're looking around, and he's yelling. He's like, dude, I can't fucking find him. He's so mad at me right now. He's like, I can't find the fucking keys, man. How are we going to get home without the car? And now keep in mind, at the time, I believe, I'm pretty sure that we lived in Athens still, right? Uh, and Columbus is a good, from where we lived, uh, this, this venue is a good 75 miles away. <laughs> so, uh, you know... An hour and a half drive at the time, maybe two hours. So it's not like we're just down the street, you know, or, or we're 20 minutes from the house. I mean, we're, we're a good distance away. Uh, so that makes things a little difficult. So, of course, we're digging for these keys, looking around. I'm drunk and out of my mind. I'm not really sure what's going on. And I think it's important to note that, that at the time, uh, Bobby had this old old car, I don't know, I want to say it was like a 80-something <laughs> um, old Chevy piece of shit. I don't even remember what it was, right? Uh, it was an old piece of crap car. And uh, on his keychain, he had this um, Chicago Cubs jersey, right? Just this little uh, Chicago Cubs like novelty jersey, um, you know, keychain type of thing, right? Um, we can't find the keys. <laughs> We can't find these keys at all. I mean, we're digging for, I don't know how long, but felt like ever, right? And he's getting more and more pissed by the second. Bobby has a short fuse anyway, so he's, he's pissed off now, right? He's uh, not drunk anymore. <laughs> he wants to go home, and it's late as fuck. There's hardly any cars left in the parking lot. Everyone's already gone. The thousands of cars that were there before are no longer there, so the place looks completely different to me, right? <laughs> I mean, imagine, imagine if you're, you know, you, you go to sleep uh, in your bedroom and you wake up and it's completely different. Somebody's moved everything around and whatever. You get the idea, right? So I'm completely disoriented. And he's like, dude, what the fuck are we going to do? You've lost the keys. 
where the fuck could you have possibly been with the keys? And at that moment, somehow, <laughs> in my, my drunken stupor uh, with all these other substances in my system, I had this slight moment of clarity. Just this little second, little blip of, you know, reality kind of struck me. And I said, trash can. The keys are by a trash can. Now, let's keep in mind here, we're talking about Polaris Amphitheater, all right? I don't know how many acres of ground there are out there, but there's a lot. And there's a trash can every, I don't know, 100 feet. So there's hundreds of trash cans. (laughs) Hundreds. But I remember falling asleep or passing out, you know, next to one of these trash cans and I had the keys in my hand and then I went back to the car and they're not there. So obviously these keys must be somewhere near in the vicinity of where I passed out against this trash can. So Bobby and I are walking aisle through aisle and row through row and all over this fucking muddy by now parking lot and there's nobody around um, except for maybe some security and the people that are cleaning up and stuff. There are no, no, no fans are still hanging out in the parking lot, right? For the most part, few stragglers, um, such as ourselves. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how long it took, but we walked what felt like ever from one trash can to the next, and you will never believe it. I found the trash can that I had passed out at, and the only reason I know that that's the one is because about five or six feet away from that trash can, sure enough, was that little Chicago Cubs jersey. I could see it out of the corner of my eye. It caught my eye, and I reached down, and sure enough, that was it, and I grabbed it, and there were the keys. Good. Found the keys. All right? That's not the end of the story. (laughs) It gets more fun. So remember, we just got done uh, at a concert where we, you know, had some substances and and some alcohol and things like that, and um, we're probably not in tip-top shape to drive either one of us, but somebody's got to drive home, so Bobby decided that between the two of us, he was probably the better one to, to drive, and that was probably the right choice, although... Uh, Back in those days, I didn't really care much, so it would have been nothing for me to just be like, yeah, I'll drive, it's cool, (laughs) Um, and still somehow get us there safely. I don't know. I've always been a good drunk driver. Anyway, um, not encouraging that, by the way. So we've got the keys, and we're headed back to the car, right? We get back to the car, and there's this young kid. I don't know how old he was, much younger than us. He was messed up. By himself, he, uh, he, lost, he locked his keys inside his car. And apparently didn't want to call anybody to come and, and help him out with that. So he just wanted to ride home. So he's like, hey man, since you guys and I are, are all here this late, is there any chance you guys could give me a ride home? It's just right down the street. It's not very far at all. So I'm like, well, I don't see, you know, I, I tend to make decisions on my own <laughs> without anybody's permission, um, especially when I'm 
I've lost all of my, you know, uh, frontal lobe, <laughs> the, the reasoning part of my brain, uh, which is what happens when I drink massive amounts of alcohol. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, dude, we'll take you home. And Bobby's like, fuck, dude, I just want to get home, man. I don't want to be driving all over the place. I'm like, no, man, he said it's just right down the road. No big deal, right? Right down the road in Newark. So now, just so you know, uh, Newark is not right down the street, okay? It's, it's not like a five or ten minute drive, all right? Uh, from Polaris Amphitheater to Newark, uh, in the area in Newark where we were going anyway, uh, was about a 45 minute drive, okay? Uh, so we get this kid in the car, we, we head that direction, uh, and he's giving us directions, and, and of course, I'm passing out in the passenger seat while Bobby's trying to drive which pisses him off because there's some random stranger in the car that he doesn't know and that, uh, you know, he doesn't like that. So, <laughs> so he's mad at me, of course. And uh, we're driving through Newark, apparently. I guess we, we dropped the kid off and, uh, you know, we're, we're headed back to Columbus because we don't know anything about... Um, we don't know anything about how to get from one side of, of the state to the other uh, without a map or anything. We didn't have GPS back in those days. We didn't have smartphones and, and Siri to ask those questions to. So we just had to uh, wing it. Um, so we had to find our way out of Newark, get back to the, the highway, which was 70. We went all the way back into Columbus, <laughs> which was completely pointless. And, uh, and then drove back home uh, from there. Now, I have absolutely no idea what time we ended up finally back in Athens County. But I can tell you, I, I don't remember anything pretty much at that point um, forward. But I can tell you that uh, <laughs> it was a long fucking night. No question. A very long night. So, um... That's my story. That's uh, <laughs> one of the stories of my drunken, um, idiotic kind of, uh, you know, things that we, we get into, uh, you know, when you, you don't give a shit. And that was pretty much the case. Didn't give a shit back in those days. So the point that I want to make here is even though I had allegedly acid in my system, I'm not sure if it was actually acid or not looking back because again uh, if it was I would have been up a lot later than I was so I don't know what it really was but it, it didn't uh, it didn't do a very good job for me um, also hash which is a derivative of, of cannabis uh, we'll not get too much into that as far as muddying the waters go um, and all the alcohol that I drank right so I had all this stuff in my system yet somehow I was able to remember in this haziness that I had passed out by a trash can and that I had the keys there and that somehow somewhere near that trash can is where we would find those keys. So my point is that if I was able to do that with all of these substances in my system that you know change the way that you think and, and you know make it uh, disorganized with your thoughts if I was able to have that moment of clarity still then imagine when you have a completely sober brain 
uh, that's not influenced by chemicals and, and other things, uh, what you can really accomplish with your brain. I mean, it's a pretty fucking amazing, um, it's, a, it's a pretty fucking amazing thing to me for me to be able to have that moment of clarity when all of this stuff was going on and, you know, I'm getting yelled at <laughs> and um, completely disoriented and everything like that. So um, when I think about that and that, that moment in time, that's the only way that I can really describe it was just a, a moment of clarity. And you're never clear about anything when you're, you know, um, influenced by substances. So I just find it to be pretty fucking amazing that, that something like that could happen. So um, the other point to this is that when you do have substances in your body that influence the way that you uh, think logically and the, you know, it, it kind of takes away a lot of times your fear of things. You know, you might be the kind of person who has a few drinks and you open up and start talking a lot more, whereas normally you're more of an introvert. Um, and this is one of the things that causes things like alcoholism and drug abuse because we feel more confident, we feel more awake or aware when we're on certain drugs or, you know, certain things that help us to um, relieve kind of the anxiety that we have when it comes to talking to people or when it comes to socializing. So uh, I drank a lot and there's a lot of reasons for that and, and we'll go into that one of these days. Uh, but uh, uh, primarily the reason that I drank was because I was in a, a scenario where it made sense to drink, um, which if you're a musician, that's every day. So that's, that's kind of how my drinking really um, at one point in time got really out of control. So uh, I think it's really important to point out that this is how it all starts. So if you are one of those people that has trouble maybe socializing and things like that and, and it helps to have some kind of chemical influence, I want you to be aware of the fact that you can do the exact same thing without the chemical influence. The only difference between the two is that the chemical influence is reducing your anxiety and, and taking your limitations uh, away from you when it comes to being afraid of what people are gonna say or think about you. So um, don't get trapped into thinking that the only way that you can really be social or really communicate with people or really be you know, at your best is to have a few drinks first or to um, you know, take a few drugs first, you know, if it's whatever it is, I don't know, Vicodin or Percocet or whatever you're into. Um, even though those things may seem to help you in those situations, they're harming you in so many other ways that it's not worth it in the end. But the point is that if you can do that when you've got a little influence in you, you can also do it without that influence. The only difference between the two is your level of anxiety about what you're doing. That's it. So if you're normally not very talkative, but you start being really talkative when you're drinking, I want you to try to think about some of the things that you talk about when you're drinking and just talk about those when you're not, right? Or when you're under the influence and talk about those things when you're not. Because that way, 
it's going to help you to relieve your anxieties about these situations and by doing so you're going to feel more confident in yourself in your ability to communicate and in your ability to socialize with other people um, without having to worry about having some kind of a chemical influence and that's really all I got for you today guys so don't turn into an alcoholic or a drug addict just because uh, you think that that's the only way for you to be funny or you to be cool or you to be able to socialize and things like that because it's not the case it's all in your head that's all I got for you guys love you so much thank you for listening I appreciate it please like share subscribe and um, until I talk to you guys again be good to yourselves and be good to each other